use some technology in your practice. Use your practice manager, and if you don't have one, get one, to work on team development, right? Team training, spend some money there, and imagine what happens when you don't have the turnover and you're not spending money looking for new staff members. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Whisker Talks, the Whisker Cloud Veterinary Marketing Podcast. I'm Adam Greenbaum, founder and CEO of Whisker Cloud. Today, I have Andrea Crabtree. I feel like you've been around a long time, and I was about to list what you're doing right now with Furpaws Consulting, but I feel like you do so many things. So I don't even want, I'll let you kind of talk about all the stuff you're doing. Well, cool. Thanks for having me, Adam. I, I appreciate you uh, picking me to be on your podcast. I definitely am. Um speaks uh, volumes to me to be in your presence and on your podcast. So thank you. Oh, God. Yeah, super excited. I have my hands in all kinds of different pots. I feel like I started off in practice management, you know, just as a practice manager. And I say just as a practice manager, you know, I think we wear a, a million hats all day long. But then I, I realized I was helping friends and colleagues and, and writing protocols and helping them do different things. And then all of a sudden, I I said, you know, I should do this for a living and actually make some money at it. So consulting, I went and I thought for sure that would just be like helping practices in practices. And then all of a sudden it was speaking engagements and the managers group and writing articles and doing all these different things that I thought, wow, I, I was so narrow minded and narrow focused. And and now it's just like a little bit of everything. So it, it's great. I love it. It's something different every day, which keeps me energized. So. Yeah, all kinds of different things. When I was on your podcast, the Positive Leadership Podcast, everyone out there yes. goes and subscribe and listen to it. It was so much fun. That was a lot of fun. And I remember at the end of the episode, after we stopped recording, I told you, I said, you have a professional podcast voice where I well, sound thank like, you. like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I sound like, well, and I think I sound like this like weird nasal guy. And, you know, I'm using like $1,200 of equipment to, out here. So people probably think, oh, he doesn't sound that bad. It's not me. This is, I sound much weirder. But <laughs> you and I and David Liz had a great time on your yes, podcast. And, you know, and I wanted to have you on here. So before we jump into the madness, I asked this of everyone on the podcast because I love Marvel. What is your origin story? The atomic bomb dropped, gamma radiation filled you, and you became the Hulk. Or whatever superhero. Or Black are. Widow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love, oh, God. Is that movie out yet? Because I've been waiting like a year. We're so close. No, like any minute. I know. I am so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so your intro to vet med. How did you find your way here? Yeah, I grew up with animals left and right. We had a big piece of land and my dad was a police officer and we were like the local drop off when animal control couldn't take something. So we had all kinds of weird animals growing up that I was always nursing and rehabbing and just had my hands in that kind of world where it was, you know, nursing animals. And that was fantastic. That was, you know, kind of one part of me and who I was growing up. But the other part is my entire family is full of entrepreneurs from my parents to my grandparents to my great grandparents. And, and so I have like this business-minded hamster that spins on the wheel. And so I was able to kind of smash up the two of those passions of, of love for nursing animals and, and being elbow deep in, in any type of animal rehab and also the business side of it, which 
at the time when I was going through my undergrad in, in animal health science with a pre-vet option, I realized I was a single mom. I did not want to go to school and have hundreds of thousands of dollars of vet school loans. And I was a single parent, like 90 hours a week of school and learning and, and everything else. Like it just was not in the books for me. And I'm, I still have like that scientific mind where I want to dig into the diagnosis and treatment and those types of things. But I also was like, can we make this like the, where's the business side of this? And at the time there wasn't, there wasn't really a big push on practice managers. It wasn't really a thing. It was, you know, the practice owner's wife or the RVT that had been there the longest or that type of concept. And so being a veterinary hospital manager was, was still relatively new. And I stumbled across this group of colleagues that were studying for a CVPM exam through the VHMA, the Veterinary Hospital Managers Association. And we studied for this exam. And then I kind of digged in a little bit more. And I was like, wow, that there's like a real profession here. Like this is legit to get your certified veterinary practice management certification. Like this is a thing. This is real. You can make a career out of this. So I was still able to, you know, graduate through college with a pre-vet degree, knowing full well I wasn't going to vet school, but what the hell am I going to do with this degree? And then how can I get into the business and kind of smash these two up together? And so I freaking love it. Oh my gosh. I love animals, but I love people. And so I was really able to bring those two together through what I do. So that is my superpower. Wonder Woman in the making. We're, this is a Marvel podcast, but thank you. Yes, we do like we do like Wonder Woman. But this is a Marvel. Don't you bash my Wonder Woman. I've got my cape on my chair. <laughs> All right, we do like Wonder Woman here. That's cool, and I and I love that. And it's so interesting to hear you know everyone that comes on the podcast. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it seems like everyone here just started as animal lovers. I mean, that's what we are at Whisker Cloud. That's why I'm here. I had an incredibly successful business before Whisker Cloud. And yeah. and obviously Whisker Cloud has far surpassed that, but it was always in honor of my dogs and, and our cat. Yeah. And it was always in their honor and wanting to do more for the people that help our pets. And that's why we're here. And, you know, I tell everyone this seriously when we do these episodes, and you can confirm this, I don't send you a single question before we start. Right. I was a little like, hmm, I've heard your, your podcast. So I know your episodes are a little bit more free flowing. Um, and I'm not necessarily the one to prepare for things. I can definitely fly by the seat <laughs> of the pants. So yeah, it was exciting to know that like, we're just going to wing it. Well, and you wrote something and I'm going to, oh, this is like, yeah, well, you wrote something and it coincides with something that I sent our team. And I want to, you know, I woke up, I got no fight with Google at 7am today, just so everyone out there knows we're all powered by Google. I fight with them for you, for the Whisker customers to have the best of the best, the fastest of the fastest. And when I fight with them, it's because I want the best. I want the upgrades fastest. So that's what we do. So, you know, I was up at seven in the morning. It's like 6.55 actually fighting with Google. So Yikes. a few hours later, here we are. And you wrote something in your questionnaire before. And we asked things like, What's your favorite thing about vet med? Really important. We also asked, what's your least favorite thing about vet med? Because this is something we want to talk about fixing on the podcast. And you wrote, practice owners and managers that don't care to make their teams better or care about bettering their own practices just because it's good enough does not make it good at all. So I a thousand percent agree with that. And I want to talk about like your thoughts on this stuff. And I'm also going to talk about how I run Whisker Cloud because 
you know, some of these episodes, we have experts come on and they kind of talk about stuff. But I think this is cool. You're an expert in, in team building and a lot of these things. And I, you know, I've, I've run companies, I've run departments, and, and I understand the importance of building teams and, and showing these people that you care. And the reason I'm going to take this episode in this direction is because last night I was in a Facebook group. I won't name names, snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. <laughs> but I screenshotted like, 10 posts and I posted it in our company Slack. I'm like, how crazy is this that everyone in this industry is this miserable? And I'm in these groups and it's like, I'm quitting. I hate it. And you got 30 comments. They're like, hell yeah, I'm so jealous of you. That's not normal. That's weird that, that you have people keep in mind, like I'm not a big Facebook user personally, like I'm not on there at night, but you know, when I go on there to be honest, everyone, like I look at like four things on the internet outside of, you know, cloud computing and AI and marketing stuff. I look at, let's call it sports, which is for me, it's Lakers and Dodgers for the most part. I look at travel stuff. I love to travel. You know, I look at like gadgets, like, you know, yesterday Apple had a big event and new stuff came out. And, you know, I kind of check in on like close friends and family. The last thing I do, I'm not one of those people who's online going crazy with the politics. I'm not going online posting insane shit. Yeah. You know, you can post what you want. I, and and like when people do that, I'm like, whatever, I don't care. But I find it really crazy that, I mean, that these people would be so brazen to post these things online, right. egg each other on. And, and, you know, a lot of them are probably listeners of this podcast. And, you know, like, let's have this honest discussion. This isn't like, Oh, hey, there's right. Let's be transparent about it. Yeah, yeah. there's the owner of Whisker Cloud. What an asshole. He doesn't understand what we go through every day. No, I do understand what you go through every day. I not only do we have thousands of vet professionals we work with worldwide, but I personally have three pets and, and have seen all kinds of crazy shit. I've told the story on the podcast before I was at my vet's office and there was a woman screaming at the front desk person. I got up and I said, listen, you're going to have to stop. I, right. I can't make you leave, but I'm not going to like just stand here quietly. And this let is you insane. behave that way. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, that's my vet. They're also a customer. Was and they're humans. They, Hello, and, yeah, well, humans. And they're humans. Yeah. You know, I really should have said that first. That reminds me of a time I was like giving a speech and I was like talking about my dogs and I was like, oh, and my wife. And I got into big trouble. So yes, they're humans and they're my vet and they're Whisker Cloud customers. But yeah, they're humans. So I'll start off by saying, and you know this too, because you've been in hospital, it's not an easy job, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I agree. And and for someone to say, yeah, Adam doesn't know his shit because he's not a manager. Like I am, I'm in the trenches all day, every day. So I can say for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, I know what they are going through, like side by side. And not only, I don't have just one practice with one practice owner and a team of 10 or 12 or 50. I have 25 practices with multiple owners in some practices and large teams. So I go through this with, you know, times 25. And so I'm in it. Like, I know this work is hard. It sucks. You get kicked in the teeth while you're down. Like it is, and you know, pissed and shit on while you're down too, you know, like I get it. I know how hard the job is. And that's why I had said in in that questionnaire, and I love that you bring that up, like what frustrates you the most or what do you not like about veterinarians or the veterinary field? And part of that is If you're an owner and you have a shitty environment and a shitty culture, shame on you. 
right? Like that is not okay. Ooh, you're bringing the fire. I like that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm one to call you out. Like feel free to call me out right back. Like if there's things I shouldn't be doing, like I'm an open, transparent, you know, kind of, of person and manager and consultant, but I feel like it's our responsibility and our due diligence to provide a workplace that's not only safe, right? OSHA safe, but psychologically safe and a place where our teams want to get up and come to work. And I remember working at this, a place and, and of course, no names, you know, don't don't look at my resume. When there was a time I was driving to work, thinking to myself with a pit in my stomach, if I get in a car accident, I wonder if I could do it and just like break my leg or something not real major so that I wouldn't have to go to work. And I remember being at work and like throwing up because I was so sick about being there and not realizing I was having anxiety my mom like forced me to go to the doctor because I was sick all the time and sitting in the doctor's office had a full-blown panic attack. And he was like, okay, so we have a diagnosis. Now we need to get to the root of what it is. And I was like, well, I'll tell you what that is. I already know what that, you know, root of that problem is. And I swore to myself when I left that place, I would never, ever, ever go back to working in an environment that made me feel physically ill and mentally, spiritually, and emotionally drained and exhausted. And I remember at the time, my fiance, my husband, who was my fiance at the time, he says, if you have to take a little white anxiety pill before you walk into the building every day, you should not be working there. Like, period. That's crazy. So I get it. I get it. I mean, this is a cool, this is going to be cool. Like, I can just tell everyone listening, like, this is about to get really real. And I'll tell you guys, like, I've had jobs. I've had two jobs where I I like really snapped. And you know, when I say snapped, it wasn't like bad, but Post, one right. I, yeah. yeah, well one, I was the head of marketing and and digital marketing for a human healthcare organization. And one day I just snapped, you know, we'd be in meetings and and I was overseeing the the company website and and the rebuild and it was a seven figure thing. And you know, we're going through all this stuff, you know, I have this this woman who's above me at the company and she's 77 years old and she's been retired for a long time. They brought her back and you know, make the button bigger. The button should be like a quarter of the page. I said, well, no, that's not how websites work. And, you know, I, I mean, after 10 minutes of fighting and this was months of leading up to this, I mean, I just snapped. I mean, I'm in the meeting. I'm like, let me just stop you right there. You're 77 and retired. No one on earth is going to have a website where a single button takes up one fourth of the page. The owner of McDonald's doesn't eat McDonald's. The owner of Walmart doesn't shop at Walmart and the owner of Nike doesn't wear Nikes. So I'm done. I know you want the button big, but we're going after 22 to 24 year old nurses. It was the association of perioperative registered nurses. Like we're trying to get 22 to 24 year old nurses just out of school to join this. Not 77 year olds who've been retired. They don't need a button that big. Yeah. Who don't know how to look (laughs) at the website properly. I'm sorry. So, you know, I had those moments, but you know, there's a lot leading up to it. And I had another moment and and I wonder if this ever, I'm going to tell you a quick story and tell me if this has ever happened in a hospital. So I was the third employee hired at a startup. I, I won't say the name and the owner and I, I mean, I was the third employee and you know, there's obviously some trust had to be there. And I was in charge of a lot of stuff. And as they built out the team, and they started adding people to my team, well, the owner one day, she screamed at one of the young women that reported to me and made her cry in front of everyone. Yeah, I mean, in front of every single person there. And at this point, there was maybe seven or eight, I kicked my she went, she screamed at her in front of everyone in this big open room, and then like stormed off in her office and slammed the door. I counted to 10 in my head, doesn't work. 
by the way, everyone knows I love the Hulk. This is a very Hulk story, but I like, I like, I tried. <laughs> new banner and, like, and I'll hook. <laughs> there was, yeah. I like got up. I freaking back kicked my chair. I slammed into her office. I slammed behind the door. I'm like, listen, I got to tell you something right now. If you ever fucking do that again yeah. to my people in front of everyone, yeah. I don't care. If I don't care if it's your company, I'm gone. I'm not part of this. I don't care. And I mean, I've never talked to like a boss like that. And I mean, and by the way, I wasn't there much longer. I, because that shit kept happening and I just, well, as I said, it's not going to stop. Yeah. Right. It's not going to stop. But like, what would happen if that happened at a hospital? You know, it does. does. Okay, good. Yeah. I remember working at a practice where one of the doctors, it was a surgeon, board certified surgeon, and his ego literally could not fit through the hallways. Right. And I was six foot four high and six foot four wide. And I, I'm a big girl. I got a big voice. I got big arms. Like I got a lot to say. I am not intimidated by you or your ego or your initials after your name. And I would wear pants every day. And I would wear the highest high heel shoes that I could stand to wear for eight and 10, 12 hour shifts, like big, huge fat heels so that I was eye to eye and toe to toe with him. And I remember back in the day, we had these charts and these like metal chart holders that they would like go into these slots. And I remember him throwing them at receptionists because they couldn't do their job right. And I remember like hauling ass down the hallway where I can see him pulling his arm back, getting ready to chuck something at someone and like leaping down in front of him so that when the chart flew down at her, it would hit me instead. And I remember jumping up in his face and saying the same exact thing. Don't you fucking ever dare think about doing that again. And I remember the same thing being in surgery where there would be a doctor that would like throw gold handled scissors out the surgery door, like whoever was close as duck because they weren't sharp enough. And thinking like, what kind of profession allows this behavior to not only just happen, but be acceptable? Like everybody knew, duck. You know, like, no, this is crazy talk that, that it's okay that, that people are allowed to treat each other this way. Like, it just baffles me that that this is, and again, not only just it happens, oh yeah, no big deal, it happens, but that it's accepted. Like, this is appropriate behavior for doctors, mainly practice owners, associates to behave. Like, what planet are we from? <laughs> you know, I actually own, I, I own what on what effing planet I tried to like, well, I trademarked and got all the yeah. domains and stuff. So I own that. Cause I, I say it a lot, but so like, that's a really interesting story. Cause again, I think like even the people at whisker and like, you know, if you have pets and you bring your pet to the vet. So let me ask you something that, that person you were just describing, how were they with pet owners and pets? Were they like normal? Would anyone know that was happening? No. And I, I'll tell you, I work with a practice owner now who currently had, she's owned for several years now, but she bought from a, a practice owner who was, you know, old retired guy, wanting to get out of the business. She bought his practice from him and his clients loved him. His medicine was horrible. And it was, you know, like duct tape and super glue medicine. It was, I won't even get into his medicine, but he treated his staff so poorly and so like just worse than his patients, right? Bad. But his clients loved him, absolutely loved him. And when you're on the the backside of that, right, and you see what's really happening behind closed doors, 
like you think about how, what is it that you just automatically like walk through the treatment doors into the lobby or into the exam room or in our case now curbside, right? Out to a client and you just have like this magical angelic glow to you that you're like, hi, I'm Dr. Wonderful. And then behind closed doors, you're like screaming at technicians and doing these, you know, horrible berating, nasty things to your staff. And I think, what, what, how is this possible that you are that bipolar? That's wild. And you know, what's funny. It's like, I, I think people get to know me on this podcast. I'm literally the exact same everywhere I go. I mean, everyone can tell you that I'm a straight shooter. I'm not, a, I don't have a customer service voice. I don't have a customer's always right thing. You know, we had a customer who, who were, they were running ads and we weren't managing it for them, which is always a crazy thing, but their ads were coming up and all these other things. And there was like the, and all these other cities and there's these weird landing pages coming up and, you know, they sent an email to, to our support team and and said some horrible things. And anyway, asked to talk to me and I, there's a good chance you're listening to this. Don't worry, I'm not naming you, but I, I called <laughs> them. And when they answered, I said, first of all, I mean, this is how the call started. They said, hello. I said, first of all, let me explain to you how we talk to people at Whisker Club. Yeah. We don't talk to people that way. You don't get to do this, especially on something we don't manage for you. Now, yeah. I'm personally happy to look into this for you. And, you know, I looked into it for him show them what was going on. You wouldn't believe how much money they were blowing on ads that they, they didn't realize they were running. Basically, when you set up ads for someone, you set up like, A, you set up a lot of things, but B, you set up the only places you want these ads to show. And they never set that up. So their ads were showing to the whole country. Well, then they, they're yelling at us saying, I have people calling us from North Carolina right. and Nevada right. and Arizona. And so we looked at their ads. And we're like, well, yeah, because you're literally targeting the entire United States for terms like veterinarian. And you're handling something you should have been doing, right? Like that's another frustration of veterinary medicine, right? What are you doing? Professional. Why are you berating my support team? But yeah, I mean, so it's like when you tell me about that doctor, it's like, I'm not, I don't even think I'd be able to hide. I'm just not able that I could never do that. Well, that was my like, at that time, I had never learned a filter. So at that point, I was like, Okay, this this just can't happen. I can't work here. And, and, you know, most of my staff have any place I've gone have always called me Mama Dre and the mother hen that protects, you know, everybody and, and I'll jump in a client's face, no problem and lay the groundwork. And at that time, I didn't have a filter. And I've learned over the years, I, I need to have a filter, I need to be maintain professionalism 98% of the time and you get more bees with honey and in that type of you know emotional intelligence and self-awareness and not to engage in that type of behavior because it makes it no better right and and now just learning how to i wouldn't say manipulate is a horrible word but manipulate people to understand that this is this is the behavior i want and so i have to not only outline that and show that and behave that way but also be very clear about my expectations with behavior. So often going into a conversation with a client, you know, I can't hear you when you're yelling at me. You know, I love that one. And we're going to not use profanity in our conversation and we need to maintain professionalism. We're not finger pointing. You know, I, I think those types of things helped me learn over the years how to handle those types of situations way better than just flying off a handle and tell them to go F themselves because they're idiots. You know, maybe not the best way to handle things anymore. No. And you know, what's funny is, I mean, this is real talk. Two hours ago, I did a demo with, with about four or five people from my management team for a new system that transcribes every phone call, every single person at Whisker Cloud does. And every Zoom call that we do, every single thing is now transcribed and recorded. And we did that 
because and we got lucky. We had it. We had a situation. I mean, this hasn't happened. It happened twice in one day where, where clients emailed in freaking out saying I did a call with so-and-so and I asked for this and it's not done and, and what the hell. And here's the deal. Neither was a huge thing. Both. We had both recorded. I mean, I personally listened to both. Neither of those things were ever said. I mean, I had multiple people listen to them. But, you know, it's one of those things, too, where I always believe we talk in facts. So, you know, when that customer emailed a couple of weeks back and was like, hey, you're costing us business. We're showing up in all these places. Again, I say, cool, we're going to look at the facts behind why this is happening, where this is happening and, and do stuff like that. So I believe in facts, but it's just interesting to me. I don't want... This episode, you know, Debbie Boone and I had a great episode um, where we talked about this. Yes, that was a great episode. I did enjoy that. And, you know, yeah. Michael Shirley and I had a great episode where we talked about these things. So I, I, I've i had this conversation before. So something because nothing's changing. But I thought maybe I'm going to talk about some of the things that I do at Whisker Cloud for my employees. It's a very high stress. It's a very high stress. I mean, not the same because we're kind of remote right now. But guess what? We have... Th- you know, we're no different than a vet hospital. We have thousands of people that can contact us at any time for anything. They're all around the world. We work, we work a lot of crazy hours to make sure people are taken care of. And, you know, when there's a pandemic or there's bad weather or Australia's on fire, it's like, yeah, we're all in fire drill here too. But, you know, and I'm going to tell you a couple of things that we do here. And I'm just curious from your point of view, if some of these things would work in a vet hospital. So this is what we do. When someone starts, they sit with me to, I, I try to make time on their first couple of days to sit with me for a couple hours on phone calls. We talk through everything and they sit there and I'm an unfiltered version of myself. And I review our team's work. I review websites we're building. I review support tickets. I review SEO stuff. And, and I sit there in real time and I say, wow, what the hell is that? What the, I mean, even this week I have a new person here and, and she was sitting on with me and it was, um, this was April 22nd when we we're recording right now. It was April 19th and we had a, a clinic who was opening on April 19th. So I'm like, looking at their website because I saw a note in the system. So they're opening. I said, well, let's go make sure everything's good. So I look and there's a big banner on their website that says, you know, Hey, we're so excited to be opening April 19th. You know, you'll be able to book an appointment, blah, 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 check back for more. And I mean, there's typically a line of code we put in there that removes that. Well, that code wasn't there and I didn't see anyone at whisker cloud tasked with that. And you know, for me, I'm like, well, why am I catching this now? Come to find out it was all handled. It was all good, but you know, there's a certain way we do things here. So I want the new people here just to know I personally really care. I'm not going to scream at you, but I want you to do your work as if I'm watching everything. And I, and I kind of like that. And then, well, the other things we do, we have great benefits. We do a crazy amount of training. We use a program called 15.5. 15.5 is great. You know, we used to do it weekly. Now we do it every two weeks. It's a full-on check-in where you can pour your heart to your manager and say, this is what I'm working on. I, You can rate yourself scale of one to five. You can talk about what's going great, wish, what you wish could be better, what projects you need help with, what you want in the future, what processes you'd like to be fixed at Whisker Cloud. And then I, I read every single one at the whole company, which as we continue to hire, is a lot. And, and, you know, and it's interesting for me, you know, we have a lot of weeks where our average across the company is like 4.75. And I'm like, hell yeah. And then we had one week, like two months ago, early in the year, where it was like 2.5 one week, and we were like down the middle. And I thought, and it was right after the holidays. And so I had a team meeting, and we just we all talked through things. And we all talked through what can we do to figure it out. And I think a lot of it was you know, some of the same things you guys do with it's compassion, fatigue, yeah. it's, yes. you know, it's, it's a lot of that stuff. And, 
and it was right after the holidays. And as you know, down here in SoCal, it was kind of colder than normal. And yes, right. But you know, we do that. We also use Slack. We also do one-on-ones every two weeks. So not only do you have your 15-5 check-in report, but you also do a one-on-one with your manager. And this is your time. And I've told everyone, I you will not ever get in trouble for whatever you say. And, yeah. and I do 15 fives or I'm sorry, I do these one-on-ones with my team. And then I do them with like other random people in the company. And I always ask them like, what sucks here? You know, what do you hate? What do you go home and tell your significant other? Man, I hate this every day. And, and I always, they're always really honest with me, but I do the, what do you love? What do you hate? But yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not everything we do. It's a lot of stuff we do. Why can't a vet hospital just put this in place where the doctor just, you know, chats with everyone for 20 minutes every couple of weeks? Is that possible? So what I hear you say is that there's training involved, right? Like you're taking time to train and you're training and that there's check-in involved, right? There's there's a connection, like you said, the 15 fives or the one-on-ones. So those two things absolutely lack and suck in veterinary medicine. And like we have like the highest turnover rates besides food and beverage industry. Like our turnover rates are ridiculous, right? They're, they're super high and they're always leaving for across the street for, you know, even a dollar less an hour because they think the culture is going to be better. And we're losing RVTs left and right out of their registered veterinary technicians, whether they're RVTs or CVTs or LVTs, or whatever. They, they have a, a lifespan in our profession of something like five to seven years and then off they go. It gets astronomical that we're not training these people and that we're not checking in and and applying the human relationship aspect to our our team members. And I tell managers all the time, as a manager, you should be managing your people. You should not be managing projects. You have people to manage your projects. Out of all of our job duties that we have, 80% of our time consumes 20% of our job duties, which is HR. HR is considered 20% of our job as managers, but it consumes 80% of our time. So we are left to do the rest of the 80% of our duties in a very, very limited amount of time. And I tell managers on a regular break basis to work on your practice and stop working in your practice, delegate out, hire people externally, get people from Whisker Cloud to do your website or do your social, you know, hire somebody for the, for those, get an accountant to do your, like, why are you still doing payroll by hand? Like, what, what are you doing? You don't have a bookkeeper. Like, are you crazy? Like, Hire people to manage the the tasks that you're in charge of so that you have the time to spend on your people. 80% of your time on people, which means having an effective training in place, right? And veterinary medicine, we are known of like day one, here's where you put your stuff, here's the treatment area, here's the phones, and you know, have a good first day and they don't come back from lunch. You know, like surprise, surprise, right? And then we don't have these check-ins and we don't spend time with our staff having relationships and understanding where they are and making sure that they are, their needs are met as far as like, what's the next step for them? What's, you know, pour into them and they don't do it. And they're surprised that they're, you know, running around like headless chickens trying to figure out how they can add or remove the new person from their website, or they're trying to figure out how their, why their phones are down or their, you know, internet went down or whatever project they're working on. And I think to myself, like, stop doing that and start investing in your people. And, you know, Steve Jobs had a great comment. I think it was him that had said something about like hire smart people and let them run your business. Like, 
I get it. We, we have a very difficult time right now hiring people. Stop looking for people with veterinary experience and start looking for people who have enough emotional intelligence to work on their project. Like I could teach anybody how to place a catheter or be nice to a client, right? I can't teach them some of that higher level emotional intelligence in that short amount of time. I like that you just said that too, because while well, A, the number one support ticket we get at Whisker Cloud is personnel changes. And to be honest, yes, as I've said before absolutely. many times on this podcast, it's almost never, hey, Karen and John don't work here anymore. Can you please remove them from the site? I'm not kidding you. And if you're listening yeah. to this, you've, we've probably sent this in. It's like, John's no longer here. Get him off the site right now. Yes. Go through Facebook, remove every picture of him. It's like he was a kennel <laughs> attendant. Like what could have possibly happened that was so bad that the owner of the hospital is sending this in the middle of a Wednesday, like flaming hot. About, right? Yeah, it's just like, yes. hey, can you take Gene to get John out? You know, it's it's not as if users of the website are going to go there and and look at the team page and then show up with your dogs right. and be like, oh, I'm not right. here for a boarding thing. Oh but is God. John here? I can't believe he's still there. Yeah, right. Oh, he. Whoa, wait, he's on your website? Oh, I'm out of here. Yeah, right. it just doesn't happen that way. But yeah, I mean, that's just so interesting. Because like I said, you know, I, I feel like every episode, like I want this podcast to be more about like technology. And that's why I kind of wanted to talk about some of the programs we use, like 15.5 and Slack and, and and some of those things. Yes. But see, those are communication tools and we don't communicate. In veterinary medicine, we are completely handicapped when it comes to communication. We have so many tools that we can use like Slack and I mean, the list goes on and on, right? All these different communication tools and, and we can't figure it out. We stuck at it. It's, but I don't, so, and you know, it's funny too, because last night I'm, this is literally last night I'm laying in bed and I'm, and I'm responding to emails and I, I was like laughing and my wife's like, she's like, I'm just so tired of you laying in bed. Like while we put a movie on, you're just, you got your laptop on your lap. I said, people must think I'm weird. Cause I, I tend to email people back at like 4am and 11pm. And they're probably like, this dude is weird. Yeah, right. What is he doing? Yelling at Google at 7am. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah. Yeah. And, but the point is the point of me saying that is not to be like, Hey, look how much I work. But the point of that is like, my days are nuts. Every day is nuts. I've already done four meetings today and I'm recording this podcast. And guess what? I'm recording another podcast, which I never do two in one day. And I've got two more meetings today. And it's and right now I'm talking to you. It's 1142 AM, but you know, I have all those things going on. And you know what I do during the day? I make time for my team. I make time to be there. Yeah. I make yeah. time. You know, we have a we have a hospital that wants to launch our website today. And their emails, like they had this like local IT guy who set it up like madness. And it's a cluster. And I kind of figured out a way that we were able to hack it so we could transfer them to some hosted emails that we're going to create. And, and I tested the hack and it worked. And not only did I test that hack and it worked, and then I was showing the head of our accounts team. I said, well, wait, why would I just show you? Why don't we find an hour. Let's get any person who's ever going to be involved. We'll record it and let's do a full training on this. So in the mm -hmm. future, when this happens again, if it does, we'll, we'll know what to do. And that's sort of my mentality is because uh, yeah. guess what? And you know, I'm not going to make myself out to be a saint for practice owners who are listening and rolling their eyes. I'm not doing this to look cool to all of them. And I'm doing this because I don't want to be bugged about it next time. Yeah, but that's what right. I have to do. This is what I'm showing them. Okay, this is teaching them to fish as opposed to giving them a fish. Right, a curious, right. But it's like, I'm going to show you guys that this is going to happen again. And on a day where I'm fighting with Google at 7am and doing multiple podcasts and doing all yeah. these things, 
they have a resource to find to do it themselves. Yeah. You guys can go find that recording. We also use a program called Guru and Guru is really cool. Guru is, it's an online platform. It's like an internal learning management platform where you can type in anything. You can type in create emails. You can do manage DNS records. You, there's like a million pieces of custom code that we've created over the years. And if someone wants to do something, someone looks at a site and says, I love that. And one of our designers is looking at it and someone says, can you add that to my site? Well, they might be like, well, I don't know. Our web development director, Javi, may have coded that, but she's incredibly skilled. Maybe a young coder can't do it, but they can type it in and it'll pop up. Yes, this is that code. You can see it on the site. This is how to code it. So, you know, I think even things like that have become really important. And I think, you know, we spend a couple hundred bucks a month on that. And we spend a couple hundred bucks a month on 15.5. And we spend, you know, and we also use this program called Bonusly. Bonusly is cool. You can log into Bonusly and you can every month, every person with Strictly gets 100 points. And throughout the month, you can give people points when they help you out. You can recognize your coworkers. Every time points are given, an announcement goes into Slack for the whole company to see. Hey, this person got 50 points from this person. Those points can be redeemed for gift cards, donations, yeah. things like that. So we've got some similar things, yeah, that we use. Yeah. yeah. But we we pay for bonusly. And then do you everyone should know this. Not only do we pay for bonusly, but every gift card, we cover the cost of that. So it's like yes. we have to pay yeah. for this. But again. These are the things you have to do. Staff what, development. Yeah, yes. exactly. And it's like, I think veterinarians struggle with, I, I always say like veterinarians will step over a dollar to pick up a dime. They won't slow down the traffic coming in their business and say, hey, we're going to, you know, God forbid, we're going to shut down for an hour and have a staff meeting or some kind of team training or something that's team development, right? They won't take the time to say, okay, we're not going to have, whatever it is, you know, stop this client from coming in the building or you know, slow down the practice in order to do some team development or team training, or we're not going to spend the money on all these great different things that we have because they cost money. And they don't realize then the money that they're spending on hiring and training new team members, like use some technology in your practice, use your practice manager. And if you don't have one, get one to work on team development, right? Team training, spend some money there and imagine what happens when you don't have the turnover and you're not spending money looking for new staff members. Yep, I completely agree with that. And it's just, you know, even here at Whisker Cloud, we don't have a lot of turnover. You know, like I said, we had someone start on Monday and we have someone starting next Monday. We have someone starting the following Monday. We kind of like to stagger it just because when it's when one starts- Yeah, it's too much at once, yeah. Well, we have them sit with every department, no matter what they do. I need them to know. And guess what? Even the really smart coders that we bring in here, the great designers, they've never used cloud computing before. So we have to show them how our our Google cloud servers work and we have to show them how we code things. They can be great coders. They still need to learn. This is what happens at Whisker Cloud. And I think that's I think that's really important. That's some cross training. Yeah. And in fact, I just had a conversation with a a client on the East Coast just this last week. And she's the manager of the technician department. And she's putting together what we call the technician Bible for training for her treatment staff. And I said, okay, now what, you know, where did you put some cross training in here? And she dabbled a little bit how they should know how to make an appointment and answer a phone call and take a message. And I said, okay, well, how much time did you dedicate for your technicians working in the front? 
and and sitting side by side with the CSR and 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 learning and teaching and coaching along the way, right? Because technicians are going to have knowledge that the front staff need and 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 vice versa. And she's like, oh yeah, I had them sit down with every department except for front office. And she, and I would you know we were talking about how important and valuable that is for the front office, right? Even for the technicians to be sharing some of that knowledge with the front office as they go through their training. And I'm like, yeah, they they need to know how to support their front staff. It's not for the logistics of the technicians need to book an appointment or check out a client. It's for how can the front staff better help the back staff and how can the treatment staff better help the CSR team, right? How how can they work cohesively of a team together? And through cross-training, they can do that. You need this to make your job important, you know, or, or go smoothly or 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 be more efficient. Absolutely. I can do this in my job to make it more efficient for you doing your job. And cross-training is huge and it is something that is just absolutely lacking in in the veterinary profession. For some reason, we just don't invest into, well, training hardly at all. And then specifically cross-training just doesn't happen. And it's a shame. But why? Like, why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Time and money. That is the excuse that I hear. And I do tell, like, one of the things when I coach my managers is I always say, you don't get to use the excuse of time with me. You didn't have time. That is a 100% I call bullshit on that. Because if you, something happened, right? Every, especially with COVID, you have so many people out with COVID, you know, on quarantine or out sick with it. And so the team is just short staffed, right? So I get it. Trust me, I get it. And there are times where like, you can't meet this deadline. You can't make this project happen. You didn't have time to address this. Then you need to come back to me and say, hey, I need to renegotiate this deadline. Or, hey, I need some help. I'm stuck. I don't know where to go to get a resource or I'm, I'm you know, I'm stuck up against a brick wall on, on how to finish this. So so you don't get to use the excuse with me as I didn't have time because you didn't ask for help. Right. You didn't have time to re- to research, you know, and find a resource. You didn't ask me for help. You didn't come to me. You didn't tag a friend and say, hey, can you cover me for an hour while I go work on this project? So time for me is like the biggest I call bullshit on that excuse. It's you didn't you didn't make the time. You, d- you just didn't do it. And I, I get it that we're short staffed and we do need to renegotiate deadlines at certain times. So I'm not saying that there's no grace there because they're absolutely especially right now is, is some grace there. And then the resource thing, I think it's the same thing. Like you're missing areas where you can generate revenue, capture mischarges, add efficiency into your team to create the revenue needed to implement some of these tools that will help you invest in your team, whether it's training, whether it's feedback, whether it's coaching sessions, whether it's technology, like whatever it is that will enhance the client experience, the patient care, whatever it is, but you, again, didn't ask for help. You didn't look in the right place. You didn't, you didn't do your work. You didn't ask, like, there's so many consultants. There's so many resources. There's so many good Facebook pages. There's so many podcasts. I never had this stuff 10, 15 years ago when I was beginning as a baby practice manager. Like the resources now are just amazing that you can be like, man, I really need to get my COGS inventory down. You know, I really need to work on you know, team efficiency. Oh my gosh, there's so many resources that you can tap into to help with team. Like you said, technology, like figure out a piece of technology, train your team on it and work on efficiency so that you can get more appointments and capture missed revenue, whatever it is to pay for whatever resource you need for your practice. Like it's there. You just got to do the work and raise your hand, ask for help, reach out. 
Well, on that note, because, you know, we spent a lot of time saying, hey, bad veterinary practice owner and they're Whisker Cloud customers. And let me just say, as a side note, I love you all. With that being said, they're amazing people. I love them. Yes. Having said we both Adam and Andrea love you. We do. Now, having said that, the veterinary profession is amazing. They are so full of compassionate people and amazing, amazing people. So do we ever have a situation and I'm, as we've been talking, I've been thinking about this in my head. Do you ever have a situation where you have maybe a vet who owns the hospital and just is so involved, loves them so much. And then they have a PM and staff that are just like, eh, I don't want to learn. Shut up. I'm just going to do this shit. Cause this is how long we've been doing it. So is there the opposite of what we've been talking about? Oh, sure. I mean, I coach practice owners. In fact, I have one now. I have a call with her this afternoon who is a fantastic, eager, growing, forward thinking, super amazing practice owner. And she has a few key members on her team that are in leadership positions that are very stagnant and very much so don't want to get outside their comfort zone to grow, to develop, to learn, to be more efficient, to embrace technology to reach out and phone a friend. They, they are very uncomfortable with that. And so she's at a crossroads with, you know, hey, how do I move forward with this? And I always say, you know, when I've fired, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but I've probably fired over a thousand people in my career. I don't know, loads of them working with so many practices, right? And I always say, I never terminate somebody. They always self-terminate. I outline my expectations. And if you can't meet my expectations, then I'm going to liberate you from this practice and let you do what you're going to do fantastically somewhere else. And so with that, like you got to outline expectations and say, hey, listen, I need to bring you up. I'm willing to to bring you along, to invest into you, you know, to to help you and give you the resources and the tools and support you and, and carve out time and money and energy for you. All you have to do is do it right? And I'll support you along the whole way and give them tools like having a practice consultant that's going to show them the way and coach them through it and provide them resources and they don't do it. And so at that point, you do have to say like, okay, we've outlined expectations. They haven't met the expectations. And so we liberate them from their position and find somebody who is willing to bring the practice along. Wow. Okay. That's good to know. And yeah, I mean, it kind of does go both ways. I mean, I have weird days and I need my management team to have good days and I need to trust them. And and I, and I think I struggle with the same thing that a lot of practice owners struggle with. There is, and this isn't a knock at anyone here. We move better when I'm around. It's just how it typically goes. That works the same in veterinary world. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, you think, I don't think the, I don't think when Tom Brady is not on the field, whatever right. team is sure. on Patriots or Bucks, they just do better. So that's fine. That's how it typically is. But yeah, I mean, it's such a team effort. And, you know, I, I can sense the days where my team leaders are off and I need to step up and I can, I'm sure they sense the days, a day like today where I like seven, you know, every Thursday I do what's called in the lab day, another homage to Bruce Banner, but Thursdays are my in the lab day. Thursdays are days I fight Google. <laughs> right. And I, you know, I did the demo this morning with the company that's going to transcribe our calls again to protect our people and protect our customers. Uh, I'm doing these two podcasts. We're doing other meetings. Now I've added the training, even though it's my in the lab day where I'm not to be bugged and I just want to do my stuff. The email thing came up. I know how important it is to the customer. 
I know how important it is to our team to meet the deadline. So I said, okay, let's schedule time at three o'clock and I will train the team on this. So, I mean, we do that. And I think obviously veterinarians aren't like me. They don't get to do that. They have to see patients, but right. you know, we all have to figure out the ways we can set this time aside. And, and, you know, you, you made a comment and I'm trying to figure this out in my head too. And you'll probably know, well, you will know much better than me. So you make this comment and I hear this a lot. We're short staffed and overbooked. So hire more people. What am I missing there? If it, if that's like, do you know how many businesses are gone forever due to COVID forever? Yeah, and by the right. way, and I've talked about this a lot. There's a lot more, there's a lot more businesses and industries that are in deep shit. We're oh, all really yes. lucky. We're all really lucky that 11 million pets were adopted in 2020 that's and that right. number's going even faster and people need pet care. But you know, I'm trying to figure out if I'm a single doctor practitioner, if I have two doctors, whatever, and I'm so overbooked for four to six weeks and I'm everyone saying we're understaffed, hire a doctor, hire a practice manager. I have to assume that, you know, an assistant practice manager or another reception person or two more nurses or even another doctor, I assume it's a fraction of the cost of the money you'd make if you're this booked and you could be, I mean, even an additional appointment a day. There is definitely some hardships with hiring. The hiring pool right now is no longer a pool. It is a dried up, like there's not even a drip of water left. It's the Sahara Desert. Like there's nothing left in the hiring pool. And so what I've often had to tell practice owners and practice managers when they are doing recruiting is one, get creative. And two, you have to realize that we can no longer require veterinary experience. Now, granted, you obviously have to have some veterinary experience if you're a DVM, right? And a, and a registered veterinary technician, but we have to think outside of the box. We have to do things a little bit differently. And so with that, it's like, you know, I live five minutes, seven minutes from Disneyland. Disneyland laid off 32,000 people this last year due to COVID, right? So there, Disneyland has some of the best training, customer service and client service training on the planet. If you want a fabulous team member, hire somebody from Disneyland. They are looking for a job. And they don't have veterinary experience. Again, I can teach you how to place a catheter and I can teach you how to use our practice management software, but the client service that they bring if they didn't even know how to do their job, who cares? Because the client service they're offering our clients is going to be impeccable, right? So we get into this tunnel vision of, oh, we have to have one to two years of veterinary experience. Well, gone are those days. We don't have them. We're, everybody in the veterinary profession has a job, whether it's at a clinic or in some type of indus allied industry partner, you know, at a lab or something like that, right? Sales rep. So we're poaching. If you want somebody with experience, you are poaching from another practice or another company. So you had better look attractive to be better than where they are or better than the 35 ads for the same position, right? We can no longer say, oh, gee, you want to work at a veterinary practice where there's, you know, great patient care and an amazing boss, go team, like, all the practice or all the Indeed ads say the same stinking thing. You got to set yourself apart from everybody else if you're going to get to the top, right, for, for somebody to apply at your job or go outside of the profession and pick somebody who loves animals, right? I mean, we got to start with that. Who doesn't? And if you don't love animals, then there's probably something wrong with you. You don't want them anyway. Pick somebody and invest in them, right? We have these students coming out of RVT school and they are green, green, green. They have the school and the education behind them, but they don't have 10 years in practice placing you know, catheters and, and doing all types of different 
veterinary technician skill set. They don't have the practice. So invest in them and grow them, right? This doesn't happen overnight, but for a practice to not have a licensed technician is not okay. Like we have to get to that standard where that is across the board who we expect working on our pets and our patients, but we have to grow them internally, right? We have to find them, you utilize resources, go to technician schools, go to vet schools, recruit these people, grow these internal. I mean, I, I have tons of practices that have grown these techs internally, sent them off to vet school, have them come back and work in their practice years later, right? This is not something we fix overnight. It takes time, but we have to invest in our teams. We can't keep losing veterinary technicians out of the profession every five to seven years. We can't do that. We're, that's not sustainable, right? We, it's not going to, like five to seven years, we're not going to have anybody left. We have to keep them in our practice. And so we just have to find ways and be creative. And if you're not creative, go find a resource to help you get creative with making sure we're utilizing our technicians properly, that we are keeping our teammates happy, that we are encouraging all the things that your team want to grow in your practice. Use a 15-5 and for Pete's sake, ask them what needs to change in your practice. Ask them what needs to stay in your practice, what good practices are that they want to be at, right? Like ask your team, get involved with your team and grow them from within. Grab somebody who has no veterinary experience and you use their strengths for what they are, right? And then teach them what vaccines are and what kind of pet foods we have and whatever our protocols are in our practices. And I'll get off my soapbox with that. No, I stay on it. Scream, <laughs> please. But you know, it's funny you talked about Disneyland. We've had, uh, you know, we've been hiring like crazy in 2021. I think we, well, I know we've gotten over 6,000 resumes since the start of 2021. A good chunk of them are from Disneyland. And I'll tell you, Mariah, who was emailing with you to set up this podcast, yeah. she came to us from Disney. She worked at Disney. She did the the Disney college program. She doesn't have experience in web design right. or software right. or cloud computing or any of that. But when she applied for a job to be on our marketing team, her resume was awesome. She sent yes. this big message and I thought, here's someone that's smart and, and was trained by Disney where Disney cares about every little detail. And that's, that's right. who I want here. She's not a tech person. We have a new person on our account team who started a couple months ago. She was in human resources department at Taco Bell corporate over in Irvine. She's not doesn't have a tech background, but you know, she came from Taco Bell. It's a big company. She had That's some right. ideas that she brought up. Some the person that started this week used to be an associate director of casting in Hollywood. Has nothing to do with software. But when I asked her to tell me about a day in the life of an associate director of casting in Hollywood, she told me a story that blew me away. But it wasn't even just the story, it was the amount of detail that she went into mm, that I was so far yeah. by. I'm like, so for me. I think for vet hospitals, you're right. It's like, oh, cool. Do you want the person who is miserable at the at the hospital down the street? Or I mean, if you want right. that, there's there's ten Facebook groups right. with a hundred thousand people who of hate their jobs. Facebook <laughs> post, right? Yeah. Just message all of them. You could probably get yeah. one. Dangle <laughs> the carrot, but yeah, I mean, I'm down for that too. And maybe maybe that's what it's going to take to start changing this culture. And I'll tell you, if you're in those groups posting that shit, you know, everyone's going to say this, right? Like, I, I don't know. I don't think me or you saying it's any different. Like, yeah, you should leave. You're not happy there if you're doing that on Facebook. But it's true. Like, you can either 
go to your boss. Cause I like when people come to me with ideas, come to me and say, I want to change those. As I say, they don't even have to leave. Like I'm not telling you to go to find a new job. If you're miserable, change your job, right? That doesn't mean change jobs. It means change your job, change who you are in the company, go to your boss and say, Hey, listen, I call bullshit on this. Right. Or, Hey, we need to change our culture. Practice culture takes three to five years to change, not to develop, but to change. So that means make the change. Talk about with your team how you're going to make the change, what kind of practice you want to be and and make the change. Be a leader in your practice. If you're on the management page and you're a manager and you're not making the change in your practice to be a better practice, then what are you doing there? Yeah, I agree. And again, you know, don't be a martyr. Just handle your shit. There's a lot of people that are figuring this out. You know, I go back early in my career. I was a social media coordinator at an agency and made the decision. I want to learn about analytics and coding. And I want to start getting into that. I self-taught myself that I got a big job, won some awards, kicked ass, got another job. All of a sudden I closed my eyes and I'm the head of marketing at multiple companies. And I had to put in a lot of work to do that, to make the decision. I don't want to do social media anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to have bigger ideas. So you know, there's a lot of people out there who can who can just look in the mirror and say, hey, I'm going to do some research and I'm going to go to my doctor and say, hey, if we can set up a training every other week or whatever, once a month, these are the things I want to cover. And, and this is what it's going to do for us. And, and if they say no to that, then they're crazy and you should probably go somewhere else. But take that yeah. idea to someone who really likes it and you'll probably get a pay bump and you'll probably get some better respect in the door anyway. So. Yeah. One thing I do tell managers is when you take something to your owner, realize that you're not the owner. And so they're looking at it through a different lens and always make sure you talk to them. Like it's manager's responsibility to give the owner the risk factor involved, right? So there's a risk involved with this and there's a cost and it's not just the cost of the training. There's a bigger cost involved with that. So, so look at the bigger picture, go to your owner with the idea of this is the risk factor. This is the financial Um, cost it's going to be, and not only cost, but financial ROI into this investment, right? And and then this is the execution that I would like to do. This is is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. So your plan, like your business plan, your thought plan of how you're going to do it. And these are the expected um, outcomes of what's going to come out of it. So when you go to your boss and you say, hey, listen, I want to do a training plan every other Tuesday. This is the idea why the risk involved is that, you know, we, we may have to, you know, knock some appointments down so that we can do this. There's no safety risk. You know what? There's a risk that people won't use it or get involved with it or scoff at it or whatever. And then this is financially what it's going to cost us. You got to shut the practice down for an hour. We got to pay these people and blah, blah, blah. That's how much training costs. But our, our ROI out of it is going to be, right? So if we do a wet lab on how our veterinary technicians and our veterinary assistants can learn how to properly collect mount and read slides are skin scrapings and and ear cytologies and things like that coming out of it. Our ROI is going to be the veterinarian no longer needs to look underneath the slide anymore to identify that. You have trained people to do that, which frees up the veterinarian to either diagnose, to prescribe, or to do surgery, which is what they should be doing. Utilizing your technicians and your staff appropriately give you a better ROI. And so those types of things, and this is our execution, this is our plan, like that's how managers can go to their practice owners and make a difference in their practice, one project, one thing at a time. You all heard me tell the story today about the email hack I'm doing it. You know, guess what happened? 
this practice has been using this old janky email system. Their emails are trapped, can't get a hold of the IT guy. We're creating new branded emails for them, and they don't know how to get 7,000 emails over. I took a look at it, ended up finding a weird GitHub form where someone else had this issue eight years ago, found the code. It didn't work. I fixed it myself. It worked. Today, I'm going to teach my team of non-coders here is a step-by-step. We're going to record it. We're going to document it. This is a step-by-step what to do when this happens again with this program. And the nice thing is sometimes this might happen with another program. We're probably going to be able to replicate it using these steps. And yeah, this is going to be, I, I like I said, I don't want to spend an hour doing that today. I don't. Right, But it frees you up to do something else. Yeah. In the future, because the now future. I don't have to do this because this is not this will come up 20 more times. So the yes. hour I invest today gives me 20 hours right. later. And guess what happens at Whisker Cloud? There's your ROI. Amazing. Yeah. And, and Whisker Cloud grows when I can cut deals and do partnerships and come up with marketing right. campaigns. We don't grow if I'm doing this for the next 21 times, 21 hours of us hacking email. So yeah, that's efficiency. Yeah. Big takeaways from today for everyone listening. You and I are both fiery people. People are probably going to be like drained after listening to this. I feel fired up. I'm still kind of jacked from my fight with Google. And since Google monitors everything, listen, I love you guys. Thanks for running Whisker Cloud, but seriously, stop pissing me off. But where can everyone find you if they, you know, I was on your podcast. It's not live yet. It'll probably be uh, an amazing episode because I remember like after we were done, just thinking like, holy crap, that was nuts. So where can people find the podcast, find you all of that stuff? So Positive Leadership Podcast can be found on any podcast platform that you listen to, whether it's iHeartRadio, Podbean, Amazon, whatever you listen to, it's there. And it's amazing. It's fun. We give some, well, you know, it was a blast to do it. So I encourage anybody, just check out an episode. It's, It's a hoot. It's a lot of fun. And it's really impactful. We give some great gems. And I am Andrea Crabtree with FurPause Consulting. You can find my website, furpauseconsulting.com. I do sprinkle around a little bit of everywhere. So you might see some of my articles or hopefully when we get back into conferences, um, we'll be, you know, speak at some conferences and local managers group. If you're in the OC SoCal area, like reach out to me, Andrea at furpause.us. And I'm happy to connect you with our fabulous managers group here. In the SoCal area, we have a Facebook page, OC Managers. Um, that's huge. It's got like, I don't know, six or 700 people on it. Shit ton of CVPMs on it. I'm in quite a few different places. I'm on LinkedIn. But find me and I am happy to connect with you and put you in touch with any type of resource that you may need, including Adam Greenbaum at Whistler Cloud, who's amazing. Oh, man, I was going to say that literally verbatim. And I was going to say, and I'm amazing. But you said it. That's great. I did. You are amazing. <laughs> and your team, which I don't even know, but your team's amazing, too. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, they they work hard. They, they're caring. They work hard. Yes, I hear. We've got some mutual clients. I hear about you. Yeah, we got we got good people here. I mean, that's it. And, you know, the hiring process we put people through is it's we put them through a little bit of a process. And, and then I get on the phone with them even if I've done an interview right before they're officially hired and I, and I kind of just say to them, you've, you've met multiple people at this team. You've heard from me, you know, the expectations. Is this where you want to be? And I need to, I need to really hear it from you that you want to be here. Yeah. I got to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and it's a and weird why? question to ask. And I ask entry level people that too. And, and I, you know, I say, did I sell you on the future here? Your future here. If I didn't, then we're not connecting right. And you won't work here. Okay. Yeah. But no, I appreciate that. You know, everyone go listen to their podcast. It's really great. I'm a avid listener of it. And, you know, make sure you subscribe to them, subscribe to Whisker Talks, all of that fun stuff. 
And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Andrea. This was fun. And we'll all talk soon. Thanks, Adam. 